Episode 9 of the Coach Killers Podcast. My name's Nick and I'm here with Stefan. How are you going, Stefan? Very good, mate. Very pumped and energised as always. So what do we have on the show this week, Stefan? We have our Coach Killer of the Week, our Game of the Week, and more importantly, Fan Talk. And we also have an exclusive interview with Wellington Phoenix's brand new signing. Mr. Stephen Taylor. Yes, huge, huge um, news there. You know, good for the league getting a ex-Premier League player in. Yes, a Newcastle United cult figure, That's so stay right. tuned for that. Yeah, um, but let's kick off with our uh, Coach Curl of the Week. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I'll do the drum roll again this week. They've been working <laughs> well for us. Yes. So here we go. And our Coach Killer of the Week is AS Roma. Yes, I cannot believe it. You make a semi-final... Um, of a Champions League, and then you yes, go and sell no. your best players, and you're signing Brian Cristiante and I, I don't even know Clive. Who the f- is that, mate? No, calm down, calm down. No, no. Look, as a fan, I know exactly what's happened. So basically, tell us what's happening is at the moment Roma's trying to balance the books. They're still in a negative financially. That's why they've sold Salah, Rudiger, now Allison, Nyngolan. They need to balance the books to build the new stadium. Yep. It's a financial and that's decision. that's why they'll always be a mid-table team, mate. Not really. They're building the foundations for success for the future. So I'm not – you know what? So you're happy with how how it's gone, how they've sold uh, Becker, how the, you know got rid of Nyngolan. All right, they got in a couple – Good youngsters, but where's your experience, mate? Where's it gone? It's all gone out the window. They've, they're, they're doing a smart thing at the moment. They're building um, on experience with youth, which is the best way to go forward in the future. If you want to get into the successful teams with Europe, you have to do this. It's a proven model. It's worked before. You do, before. but you need the experience, which is gone now. Like, who are they going to look up to? you still got Zeko? Kevin Strootman, Evan Dzeko, <laughs> um, Manolas. I don't know. Um, if they want to ma- be making the final and not just semi-finals or even making it through, you can't be selling your best players. It's uh, the wrong way to go about it, um, personally. But um, it's interesting to hear what you think. You know, as an AS Roma, I mean, of supporter. course, I'm disappointed as a fan because he'll lead you onto trophies. But in hindsight, it's out of my control. So if I ramble on about it, which I will, yeah. <laughs> um, look, in, you know, it's obviously bad because that's right. Allison's a gun. Coach killer of this week. He is definitely yes. AS Roma deserved the coach killer of the week. Right. But well, they're doing what Arsenal did, mate. Imagine Arsenal didn't sell all those players. What kind of a team they would have had? Yeah, but look, we got bigger fish to fry at the moment. We've got a stadium to build, so that's why they sold him. I'm so, afraid they've got to sacrifice success for a long term gain, which is that's what fair doing. enough. So now they're a stepping stone to a Juventus or a AC Milan or an Inter Milan. You could see it as a, yeah, they probably are. We'd like to get everyone's thoughts on that, so maybe give us uh, some comments. Yes, not too harsh what, because what it's my think. team. <laughs> uh, rip into them, mate. No. <laughs> get <it> in. <laughs> um, but let's move on to our game of the week, which was Chelsea versus Perth Glory. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! Yeah, I mean, great game, really. It uh, was. A lot of, obviously, Chelsea controlled the game. You weren't going to expect much from Perth. However, look, yep. it finished 1-0. The goal from Pedro was pretty good. Yeah. Um, overall, good performance for Australian football because it was That's a right. sellout in Perth. Yeah, so. they did a lot of, um, you know, 
fan engagements and stuff during the week, which is great as well to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the game itself, yeah, was was of high quality. You know, uh, do you think um, Perth's new signings showed anything? Or? Um, I think they were definitely more balanced. However, I think they have a real problem at the moment in the defense with yeah. Ivan Franjic. I mean, oh really? He bungled a few shots, and I'm just considering whether maybe as a left back you should actually do your job more because that's where most of the attacks appeared from in the whole game. So. You know, I'm not sure whether that's a problem for them, but we'll see in the season, I guess. However, good start for them, definitely. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, how do you think uh, Sari went in his first game? Yeah, not bad. He was obviously shouting on the sideline oh. a lot, taking a lot of notes, yeah, that's for very sure. Yeah, animated. <laughs> yeah, him and Zola obviously together for the first time. It's mm. going to be interesting. There's a massive question. He hasn't obviously been very successful as previous Chelsea clo- uh, coaches yeah. in regards to trophies and that, but I still think... He'll definitely bring something. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to our uh, special yes. interview this week with our special guest. Mr. Stephen Taylor. Yeah, Stephen Taylor from the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, here we go. This is how it went. Our special guest today has won the UEFA Intertonto Cup and the English Football League Championship with Newcastle United and has over 200 appearances in the EPL. Please welcome Stephen Taylor. How you going, Stephen? Hey, thanks for having me. So it's a pleasure to have you on, Stephen. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about growing up in England and going through the ranks of becoming a professional footballer? Yeah, as a kid, um, especially from a very young age, from nine years old, uh, all I ever did was, with a lot of friends, would go on the field, um, a local field, use our bikes as their goals. And it was every night, it was a routine. You go down there, you play uh, together, always football down there. Um it started out with boys club, just playing um, every Sunday and then play for the school during the week. And I lived in a very, I was very fortunate living in Newcastle is a footballing city. So for me, it was, uh, you know, one day it was a dream to, to play for Newcastle United. And um, my dad used to take me to the matches. Um, so I used to watch every home game with my dad in the stands. Um, and for me, it was, it was like... Uh, Hopefully one day trying to be a player like uh, Philippe Albert who wore the number 27 shirt. That's why all the way through my career I've got the number 27 shirt. So that's where that comes from. That's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about how it feels to play for Newcastle United and being in Newcastle. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really fair to Newcastle. It's a, it's a football city. And I think anybody who goes to the UK and, and they ask about Newcastle um, in the northeast, you know, they eat, breathe, eat, sleep football. You know, that is how it is up there. You go shopping and uh, you see the grandmas and granddads who work in the shops and they're talking about it all week from Monday to Friday. It's different because you can go to London. Majority lifestyle, huh? No, it's, it's unbelievable. Like Literally, you go there and you get reminded of each game and it's good. You don't want to interact with the fans and interact with people and that's one of the biggest things uh, I've always been with uh, the fans with whether it's Newcastle, you know, the uh, Portland Timbers fans, the Ipswich fans, the Peterborough fans. I'm a big believer in that. You know, you have to interact with your fans because on a um, the game day, they're your biggest uh, support. You need them on board with you, 100%. Yeah, definitely. You know, you have to stay humble. And I yeah. think you are very humble, whereas some other players, you know, might be more focused on, you know, the footballing lifestyle. Yeah, and the party life. Yeah, that's right. No, no, listen, it's the people who are around you. I think it's important, you know. I'm a very old school kind of guy. I've kept my circle very, very small. Um, you know, my mum and dad always supported me with football, making sure they get me um, to training three times a week. They had to sacrifice leaving work on time. If, if training started at six o'clock, they would have to ask their bosses, can they get home to pick me up, take me to training? Never late. I'm a big believer in that. 
in uh, timekeeping. And my dad, he's very old school. Always make sure we're there early. Um, and we obviously I was very fortunate to have my, my best friend since six years old supporting me through um, you know the, the tough times that you do have when you've, you've had injuries. You've got to come back, setbacks. And football is a roller coaster. There's going to be so many highs, but I tell you what, there's a lot of lows. But it's how you you bounce back and recover. And I think it's important for the people around you. Um, to obviously they're the ones who help you and, and get you through that. But I'm a big believer. It's it's all in your head. You know, it's uh, you can't beat yourself up. There's, there's times you're not going to have a good game. It's how you recover, how you deal with the next game, and don't be scared, don't hide, um, and and just relax and be confident. Yeah, being confident. Yeah, I think be confident is the biggest thing. And coming out here and and, and seeing the the team and um, you know the young boys coming through now and how confident everyone is is a big thing. I think it's important now a new manager and. Um, hopefully a new era now for Wellington. Yeah, awesome. So, Stephen, playing in the Premier League is a massive accomplishment. Who was the toughest team that you played against? I think for me, the toughest team I played against would have to be um, Chelsea. I think when you play against uh, a Chelsea side, especially when Mourinho first took over, you, you had Didier Drogba, Ian Robin, Damien Duff, Carvalho, John Terry, McAlealy, Frank Lampard, the players they've got are all world-class players. A very strong lineup there. It's a strong side. And I remember when we played uh, Mourinho on his second time round, and um, they came to St. James Park and all season they were unbeaten. And everyone kept saying in, in the press with all this build-up, they're going to they're gonna win. And like, the underdogs is all my career, I've been an, an underdog for Newcastle. And when you're a team like Newcastle, um, you play against the top side, you, you're always going to be that. But for us, we were the first team to beat them in the Premier League and uh, it was at St. James, it beat them 2-1 and um, that was one of the biggest you know, results of, of my career, beating a Chelsea side like that with the quality and world-class players that they have on the pitch. But to play in the Premier League is obviously every uh, young kid's dream and for me to do that for my hometown club for uh, many years, it was uh, a fantastic, um, yeah, it was a fantastic dream come true. Yeah, I couldn't imagine playing for your hometown club. Yeah, it'll be what bloody, bloody amazing, I reckon, yeah. you know, playing in the Premier League. But um, just quickly, uh, how was it, you know, going to Manchester United at Old Trafford, you know, uh, going to Liverpool at Anfield or even Arsenal at the Old Highbury, you know, facing them? Do you go into those games thinking that you can win? We always believe we can. Yeah, we've, to, we've always done well. We've always done well. Yeah, no, we always believe we do well. And to be fair, we have done well against the top sides. We've... We've gone there. One thing you can't well, do... Well, do you go there to collect the point? Yeah, you can't always uh, go there and sit back and accept the pressure, 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 because if it's going early goal, it kills your game plan. You're going to have to come out and, and change your style of play. And I think the best thing is you've got to go and take the game to them and uh, not, no show no fear. And, uh, you know, don't give them time and space. Good players want time and space. If you give them that, they're going to control the game and, um, but if you get a bit of pressure on them let's see how they can play a bit of physical pressure as well kind of deal with that and uh, turn into an old school kind of game yeah that's it harden them up a bit eh? yeah definitely <laughs> um, so who was the toughest player you ever played against and who was the best that you played with Stephen the toughest player I played against would have to be uh, Ruth Van Nistelrooy from uh, Manchester United for me um, he was unbelievable literally he's just a very clever player very clever and he, uh, you give him half a yard he's going to punish you and that's the, the difference about being world class and um, you know not just there but he was incredible what a player and I think uh, the best player that I played with um, is pro- I would say it obviously has to be uh, Alan Shearer uh, his goal record speaks for itself 
playing in the same team. No, he just gave you that confidence when he's on the team sheet. You believe you're going to win because you're going to get goals and you rely on uh, a player of his quality. You know, you deliver anything in the box and uh, yeah, he's, he's a machine in front of goal. And that's, I think that's why he holds the Premier League record. Yeah, absolute legend Alan Shearer oh, was. Class. Um, how was he as a leader though? As a leader, I was very fortunate because as I came into uh, the, I left school at 16 and went straight into the first team setup. So I was surrounded with uh, very experienced players like Shea Given, Gary Speed, um, Jonathan Woodgate, and Alan Shearer. Having them four was a big part of me because the grounds here kind of um, then took me under their wing, especially Alan Shearer, who on the pitch is like the manager, literally non stop shouting and telling players where they should be. and in groups, they kick up the backside, but you don't want to let it down. You want to have someone around you who you don't want to let down. And um, for me to play with like a, a legend like that, train against them. And don't get me wrong. Listen, my early days when I was when I was 16 to 18, I was getting battered day in and day out by him. He, his elbows, his arms. But I tell you what, wow. it toughened me up. You know, it, it toughened us up. I never complained. Definitely would. Well, that's, that, that, that's why uh, I'm surprised I haven't got uh, many more marks in my face from him, actually. But uh, no, he, he was he was good like that. You know, one of the things he gained you respect by giving it back as well. And I think that's when I gained the respect from him. Yeah, of course. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. The physicality and the habit likes of Craig Bellamy, the, the speed of him and where to be marking him and, and speaking to him, how to mark that kind of play Alan Shearer how to mark that kind of player so for me I was very fortunate to step into a group of players who have played at the highest level played at World Cups European Championships and gained the experience that they've gained and I'll be honest with you know, I'm, I'm 32 now but I'm still learning and uh, I don't think you're ever too old to stop learning so for yeah, me right. to be around especially coming to the year league now and with the manager and staff who have, who have played in this league and understand it and what the winning formula is, I think it's uh, going to be a positive thing for Wellington. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, what was the feeling like scoring a goal against Celta Vega in the Europa League? Yeah, that, that, was, my, that was my first goal for Newcastle. And those nights, that's what Newcastle fans all, all want. They want to be in Europe. They want to play those special nights on a Thursday night uh, under, the, uh, under the lights of St. James Park. 52,000 fans uh, sell out. And it was um, 1-1 and it was a corner uh, last, I think last four last four minutes and uh, just a ball and scored my first ever goal for Newcastle to be the winner in the end of the total cup and uh, I did the Forest Gump yes, from uh, corner flag all the way past <laughs> up the halfway line I could not believe it I think, I think yourselves would have done the exact same to be fair if you had that opportunity you, you'd do the same and I couldn't believe it I could not believe it <laughs> Definitely, definitely. What an epic run. Yeah, definitely. Just sprinting through there. <laughs> but, um, you know, for us growing up in Australia, you know, we, we've played the FIFA video game and got to play as our favourite players and our teams. Um, for someone like you, how surreal is it seeing yourself in a video game and, you know, getting to play with Newcastle United and Stephen Taylor, actually? <laughs> it was. I always, when I was a kid, you, you play in the video games. I like championship manager, yeah. The core evolution and all of the FIFA games, and then when you see yourself on there, it is a bit surreal, and you're just praying to God that you do all right on that game because uh, your friends will give you a bit of stick if you don't. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I wish I could play myself in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, who was your favourite manager in your time at Newcastle? For me, it was no brainer, uh, Sir Bobby Robson. For, uh, absolute for him legend. Yeah. To give me my debut away to Real Mallorca, one of the 
the memories I'll never forget, you know, having such a legend of a manager for what he's done in the game, work with him day in, day out on a training pitch, um, was incredible. I think for for Bobby Robson to, to do what he's done is amazing. And I was very fortunate and very lucky um, as a young kid leaving school to be given that opportunity to play for my, um, my hometown club. Yeah. Well, here's a weird question, Stephen. Please tell us where you got the idea to put Begovic off for that Kabai free kick against Stoke. Yeah, that was pretty epic. <laughs> in football, I think anyone will tell you, you do what you have to do to win again. And yeah, for me, the time was, I think the same again, it was 1-1 and I was thinking of the game, we weren't getting too many chances. And we got a free kick uh, close to goal and I was, Johan Kabai at the time, yeah. uh, he's a little French magician. Uh, with those free <laughs> kicks and I was just praying to God that he hit the target but with the goalkeeper he's a top goalkeeper and I'm trying everything I'm in front of his face I'm trying to put him off and I'm, I'm just trying to get him and just get him off, off you know like trying to get his wall lined up because uh, I know goalkeepers are very you know unique with what they want to do with the goal and with the wall and everything so I thought yeah let's get in his face and uh, we got lucky we got a uh, goal which went in and uh, for us it, it worked I've tried it a few times and it hasn't worked but that one time especially uh, when we did need the three points then listen you do what, what you need to do in a pitch to win the game and that's the most yeah, important that's right. thing that's the only thing people remember what was the score so happy days that's it happy days <laughs> <laughs> so now that the World Cup is over what are your thoughts on the tournament and how uh, England actually progressed and how far they went I think with England the performances we looked very strong I think going forward I think a lot of sides they wouldn't want to play England I think um, caused so many problems with defences they struggled against our pace going forward with the counter attack we looked very strong in defence and um, yeah I, I think for us going forward we had some great draws I think with the, with the side the group that we went on uh, going way through to obviously the Croatia game and you look at Croatia they had a couple of hard extra time games which I was thinking yeah, would have sapped the energy out of a lot of their key players but when you've got players like Modric mm-hmm. um, and the players in their side who are playing at the top level it is a, it's a different kind of ball game because, So would you say you know Croatia having the extra experience um, you know is better than England being such a young side? I think the experience does help Croatia I think they've got players who have been in them kind of situations for their club in the big games and I don't know whether in the English game, uh, there's been many players who have been in that kind of situation just yet. But for me now, the experience that they're going to gain from this World Cup, if that doesn't give them confidence, I don't know what will. So I think everybody back home in England is looking forward to the European Championships now because the confidence is there, they've the experienced Do you think it. they can actually win the Euro? Well, I don't see why not. The togetherness was, I think, we're the best togetherness team in, in the whole of the, uh, the World Cup. If you look at the players and how they interacted, with the fans as well, the manager, and the manager, I think uh, he needs to reap a lot of uh, rewards because what he's done there was fantastic. You know, Gareth Southgate, um, you know. Yeah, Southgate's definitely changed things up. For yeah, him. he's well organised. I think he's got the team playing how he wants and they were well drilled and very unfortunate. You know, it, it did cause a lot of teams problems and uh, like I said, I would have, I would like to see how it would come against uh, France because you're playing against two very quick attacks. Yeah, that's right. Well, England tried to have a quick attack, which was great. Yeah, but eventually, obviously, France winning, they are the best in the world. Yeah, that's right. Um, so congratulations, Stephen, on recently signing for Wellington Phoenix. What are your expectations for the upcoming season and what is your view on the A-League? Obviously, I've heard a lot about it. I spoke to Michael Bridges quite a bit um, about the A-League, about Wellington. Um, I'm very fortunate I played against Wellington for Newcastle uh, in 2014 and 
Um, I knew about the area when we came down here. We played the stadium, which you know, was absolutely phenomenal. The uh, the atmosphere that was there on that day right. for us was uh, incredible. So for me, I knew about that. Um, the training facilities when I came and had a look around that. And I think for me now, coming and uh, being a part of it, new manager, new era, new players coming in, everyone's hungry. A lot of players I heard from last year, you've got to understand, it's been a, a couple of years of you know, the boys being disappointed. Um, for whatever reason that is, that's happened. That's in the past now. We're all looking forward and uh, moving on for this season. Yeah, yeah. you know, signing Stephen Taylor. Stephen Taylor, that's it. Listen, that's nothing. That's nothing. Listen, we've got a, we've got a strong side, and I think that's the biggest thing now is bringing players in who are hungry, who want to play for the uh, the shirt, and who want to win. You know, the manager's made it very clear. Um, if you're not going to perform in training, you're not going to be with us. And he starts in the training ground now. It's been very hard. Um, he's running the lads very tough in the sessions. It's been, you know, they've been harder than what I've expected even back in England. He's uh, he's coming from a winning mentality. He knows what it takes to win out here, like I said earlier on. But it's uh, it's shown in the, in the training sessions. The lads early on in, in, uh, when I first came here how you can see how they're getting fit and fit and they're doing the extra uh, the hill runs you know the, uh, the extra runs on the track and the field the, the afternoon sessions the gym sessions the sports science here is uh, it's second to none I haven't dealt with this kind of quality since I was at Newcastle um, literally you know they're and you got to look at now and football's moving yeah listen football's moving on every year and, and I think this is fantastic for uh, the Phoenix because you know they're moving uh, with the modern day football and every year football it changes and it gets better and better and you have to come with the ages and uh, you can see now in sports science that they've done the research they've done the work but the players are very fortunate that they've got this and uh, hopefully we can benefit and do it on the pitch so that's our jobs now is they've got to get us ready and uh, it's up to us on the pitch to perform as a team well Thank you, Stephen. Um, you've been great throughout this whole interview. Yeah, we really appreciate pleasure. you giving us your time and um, we hope to have you on again very, very soon and good luck with Wellington. Go the Phoenix. Yeah, go the Phoenix. Uh, go Stephen Taylor. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. What an awesome interview and what a, what a top bloke. You Unbelievable. Know? He top was man, top as he man. would say. <laughs> he was a top man. Stephen Taylor, you're a top man, mate. Yeah. And we'll definitely be hearing from him again on our podcast. Course, so yeah. stay tuned, people. Yeah, we'll have him on again during uh, the season. You know, yeah. it was great great to speak to him and, you know, hear about all the things he faced um, growing up and, you know, all the desire and the hard work that he put in to and make it to where he was. My favourite part of the interview was how they went in to the mm-hmm. games, when he was saying, you know, that they always did well. And it's true. If you look at their track record against the top That's teams, right. they always, always went out there belief. to get the points. Yeah. Correct. My favourite bit was actually that he said having a proper goalkeeper is the best, um, you know, the most important part of your team. So selling Alison Baker <laughs> is not is not the right way to go about it, mate. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry, I had to throw that little one in there. You got me. But um, let's move on to fan talk. Is this thing on? Yes. Yeah, so fan talk for week nine. So Noah Max Stella on our Instagram wants to know our EPL predictions. Ooh. Thanks for that, Noah. By the way. Yeah. Um, as things are now. I would say City still have it in the bag. Ooh, that's tough coming from It's tough to say. But it's true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, oh, it depends. Um, You know, it's been, for Man United personally, it's been 
uh, horrible, not having all your squad there. And as Mourinho said during this week in his press conferences, the team is made up of under-23 players, under-18 players, reserve players, and yeah. first-team players. So um, And they haven't really been doing much in the market. Um, I think Chelsea look good. You know? Yeah, I think Chelsea look good as well. Chelsea look good. Uh, Arsenal, they'll be very interesting seeing so how right they do. So right now, who do you think is going to win it, in your view? Right now, I think... It will be closer than it was last season, but I think still City have it in the bag, depending on what you wow. know do. Yeah. I'll go out on the limb. Liverpool will have a great season. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so that hurts to say as well. They've, they've had some good signings. Um, you know, they've put in the work and going through that experience last season of making well, a Champions League final. Yeah. Well, losing, I'm... losing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> losing dismally. Yeah. But my EPL prediction is going to be Liverpool. Liverpool winning. Yeah, I think Liverpool oh have been the God. most active in the transfer market. They've if made they the smartest it, signings. Put it this way. If they win it, a podcast is finished. I bet you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> there is no way Liverpool win it. All right, they'll finish top four for sure. No, no, I think they're going to have that. a good crack. Alisson Becker, Shakiri, uh, Fabinho. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not world-class players, but, you know, they are Allison's, oh, Allison's yeah. probably their best signing. Allison has the they chance to prove. Carrius again, our inaugural co- coach killer of the week. Yes, our first yeah. ever coach killer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think he's maybe on the way out or maybe um, the other one's gone. Yeah, well, look, my prediction is Liverpool, 100%. I think it's time that Klopp the flop is going to prove something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hope United can get some more signings. Um, time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they can get Gareth Bale over the line. Won't happen, but, but um, <laughs> yeah. So City are still, I think, um, you know, they've done well. They got so Mahrez. it's City versus Liverpool. No, nah, it's City versus Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham, no, no, Tottenham City. will finish higher than Liverpool. I'll give you that. Okay, that's my little prediction. Be shots fired here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's been our uh, episode for this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed the interview, Stephen Taylor. We really enjoyed interviewing him. You yes. know, he's a Great, great guy. Um, and um, we appreciate all you, the fan engagement during the week on our posts. Yeah, guys, keep those fan talk questions, questions coming. Uh, next week, hopefully, we can do a few more fan talk questions, so get stuck in on the posts. Yep. Uh, don't forget to follow us on uh, all our socials, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes. Um, you know, you can find us at, at Coach Killers Podcast. Yep, we are everywhere, people. And, um, yeah, so until next week, you've been great and we've been the Coach Killers Podcast. Ciao. Ciao, ragazzi.